Welcome back to another episode of the Rebecca Mendations podcast, where we talk all things business, love, and science. Today, I'm joined by an incredible human who I am so fortunate enough to also call a friend, Lara Nassessian, who is currently an executive for a billion-dollar company, but also the founder of Boss and Heels, which is how we met, and host of Boss and Heels podcast, which if you have not listened to, run immediately to podcast land and download and listen to everything because it's incredible. Um, Lara, thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, Beck! what an intro. I'm <laughs> so honored and so excited to join you for this conversation today. I am such a fan of all that you do and to be able to have be a part of your show is such an honor and such a treat for me. Oh, you know it's mutual. You know it. It's <laughs> we just fangirl off each other from the totally. moment we met. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a really special relationship. I I know that when we first connected, I was on your show, I was on your podcast, and I remember being midway through that conversation and just thinking, far out, I need to know her properly. Like we need to go for coffee. I need her in my life. This woman is amazing. Oh my gosh. The feeling is so, so mutual. And I, th I think it's really cool. The podcast and doing this allows you to connect with all kinds of remarkable women, men, entrepreneurs, people that are on this journey of growth and just very purpose-driven and I've always been very drawn to you and everything that you stand for as well you know everything that you've done with soul cups is just super cool like you literally are changing the world and making an impact and I'm like these are my kind of people you know like people that are just I'm on their you. mission <laughs> it's it's true though I mean firsthand you have such an amazing um you know experience with so many different companies on so many different levels through what you do at work like your your day to day and then outside of that you've created boss and heels which to me is like this unbelievable empire of a platform to just inspire so many people and it's just led you to such an incredible place i mean let's let's do this let's dive in let's talk a little bit about what you created because the story is amazing and what you're about to do like right now like live time is even more amazing so i want to share with our audience a little bit of what you created because it's very inspiring thank you so much i really appreciate that so in terms of Boston hills the way that this was founded uh was actually through being really curious with myself, I was a, a good girl who did all the right things, followed a scripted path, went to university, did two degrees in psychology, eventually ended up landing a job. Um, and I was an HR assistant for a global cosmetics company. And I started doing everything from the ground up you know i would be doing all of the things that nobody else wanted to do i would be filing piles and piles of paper in this little filing room with no air conditioning and no natural light and it was miserable but i loved it because i was like oh this is my first proper job entering the real world entering the corporate world and it was everything that i thought i wanted and as i 
progressed in my career, I started to get this feeling inside of me that there's got to be more to life than just this. There has got to be more to life than just going to work, coming home, watching TV, eating dinner, probably going to sleep too late, rinsing and repeating. I was just like, oh, there's just there's something calling me from within that I know I'm destined to do. How long did you sit on that feeling for? Because like, this is literally um, a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago with someone where, you know, once you make a decision, like once you have that awareness or the acknowledgement of an emotion or a feeling as entrepreneurs, like quite commonly we're all similar where we just we can't sit on it for very long we Mm. might explode did you what were you like at that time yeah I definitely had that like I once I started to recognize that within myself and it was something that catalyzed it because someone very close to me and I don't know whether they were joking at the time that they asked me this or not but they said what is your purpose in life And nobody had ever asked me that question ever. I'd never asked myself that question ever. And I was like, oh, like I've never even thought about this. How have I never even thought about why I'm here and what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth? So it was a series of things that happened all at once and naturally came together. It was me going through this process, having this thought process, someone catalyzing that by asking me this question. And from there, I immediately went into the mode of, oh, I need to explore. I need to figure out what this is, what this pull is. And I started thinking about what am I good at and what do people always come to me asking for advice about? Because I was, uh, at this point, I was um, heading up HR for a a large retail group, people from previous roles, previous corporations would be coming to me asking me for advice about career and how to put their best foot forward and how to deal with their horrible boss and all of these kinds of things. And there were these themes that I just kept picking up on. And I was like, rather than me constantly answering the same kind of questions over and over and over again. Why don't I start writing articles that are effectively answering these commonly asked questions that I'm constantly receiving? And that is where the the idea of Boston Hills was born. It was about being a woman who was in in a role of leadership and taking charge of her life and giving inspiration to other people that were curious about how to do that for themselves. And since then, this was 2016, there's been so many iterations. I was going to say, it's unbelievable listening to you explain the story, because when I think of Boston Hills now, like when I think of how you and I met and when we met, which what was not that far after you launched, really, I mean, it sounds so aligned. It's still so connected to that mm. same sentiment. I think that's so unbelievable that you just, that core stuck with you and that is basically who you are today, but elevated. 
<laughs> exactly. I think when you go on this journey and you're really purpose driven and you connect into what you're truly meant to do on this earth, it just feels different. And that really was catalyzed and crystallized for me when I started doing the podcast, because for the first time, I felt like I had found my flow. And it was that moment where just time passes you by. I could be lost in these conversations with some extraordinary people like you. And I was like, this brings me so much joy and so much fulfillment. And then I was like, wow, people are actually listening to this. People are actually obsessed with the podcast and the feedback that I was getting was more than I could have ever imagined. And I was like, oh, I think I found my thing. Like, this is it. And it's constant iterations. It's, you know, it started off being quite broad and talking about career and personal development. And now it's really refined over time. As I've grown, the brand has grown with me. And it's just super cool to be on this journey. I mean, I remember when when we met, you were working unbelievably disgusting hours by the way can we just talk about that can we talk about how I remember you working at like midnight going you know I, I just need to edit this episode and I just need to upload this and I need to like let's not forget you have a full-time job and mm. you have responsibility for so many people as an executive role as a leadership role like mm. that's not a small feat that's a huge job and on top of that, you were then building this other career, essentially, like it, it's what it is now. So how are you dealing with that? I mean, most people know my story of burnout and how I became quite ill, but this is a catalyst to that. Like, how did you survive and how did you manage that difficult time? Yeah, it's such a big one because burnout is something that I struggled with a yeah. lot, especially the first few years of my career. You're right. I was working crazy hours. I was working weekends. I'm the kind of person that will just do whatever needs to be done to get the job done. I've got really high standards for myself. And so a lot of it is self-inflicted. And I got to a point that I thought, okay, I've sort of hustled, I've done the long hours, I've done all of the things, but is this the smartest, most strategic way I can be using your time, or using my time, or is, it, is there time being wasted? Are there things that I'm doing now that are not actually completely essential. And it's this whole concept of essentialism, of why don't you look at what are the 20% of the tasks that you are you can do that are going to yield 80% of the greatest results and impact for you. And so I actually conducted a time audit and I started looking at how am I spending my time every single day, every single week. And I would do things like assess the effectiveness of meetings. I would look at the screen time function of my phone and be like, where is my time actually going? And when people tell me they don't have time, 
I'm like, you're lying to me. You, you know, show me your phone and Don't get I will me tell you where your time is going. If you've got time to watch Netflix, if you've got time to be scrolling through Instagram and looking at everybody's stories, you know, and people tell me they don't have time and I see them watching all of my stories. And I love that people watch my stories. Of course I want people to watch my stories, but I'm like, how are you protecting and guarding your focus? That's right. And I had to get really real with myself and take a cold, hard look at exactly what I was doing, what kinds of conversations was I engaging in, what kind of content was I consuming, how much content was I consuming. And I had to flip that switch for myself from being a consumer to being a creator. And I wanted to minimize the amount of time that I was spent consuming and be really focused and strategic in terms of how I was going to create and how could I spend my time and design my day so that I was getting the maximum output out of every single day. And so that led me to going on a journey of really uh, getting very granular in terms of specific routines, specific planning practices planning my week in advance and making sure that I was carving out time for the highest priority actions, but also things like scheduling in time on a day-to-day basis to self-care, putting in time in my calendar for a lunch break, putting in time in my calendar for my morning routine and blocking out parts of the day that's my time that no one else can take from me And treating that with the same importance that I would treat an important meeting with my CEO or an important business meeting or anything of that nature, we put so much weight and emphasis on showing up for other people. And why are we so terrible at showing up for ourselves? And I've noticed that in my experience through shifting that narrative and treating myself like I am the CEO of my own life and I'm totally in control, it meant that I could make really effective changes. And now I can handle more than I've ever handled before, but actually have more time to decompress, more time to self-care, more time for family, actually enjoy my weekends and not work these crazy hours. And yet my productivity has 10x so I want to say something I want to say yeah. something on this because I, I mean people listening can't see the video but I'm smiling ear, like ear to ear because what brings me so much joy about this sentiment which I wholeheartedly agree with is not once did you mention anything about the work itself it's all about mindset and the thing that keeps coming up again and again in the successful people that I am surrounded by is this absolute fundamental understanding that when I work on myself, everything else gets better. And that's what this was. This was your moment. This was the initiation of your personal development to such a level that it essentially didn't matter what work you were doing. The work was going to be amazing. The work was going to be absolutely incredible because you were functioning from a state of love, self-care, respect, strong internal boundaries, and quality. It was like 
this is the thing. This is the secret to the success of every successful story. It is how much time, how much input is on me, how much quality time am I spending on myself, bettering myself, because then no matter what I do, it's going to be fucking amazing, right? Exactly. <laughs> to say it nicely. And yeah. How, like the big thing with this is I can imagine, and I also saw, I watched it happen, your entire personality shifted, right? You became the next version of yourself. You became the leveled up version of yourself. That was just the first time it happened. It's happened a few more times since, right? How does that impact the world around you? Because when you're in a growth mindset, there's collateral damage with that, unfortunately. What was going on in your world during this fundamental growth period for you? What was happening? Um, Beck, everything shifted. <laughs> Nothing yeah. looks the same. And even when I look back at photos or videos of myself from a year ago or two years ago, I'm like, I don't even rep recognize that person yeah. because the growth happens so rapidly. And unfortunately, that does make people around you sometimes feel really uncomfortable. And it does change the dynamic of your relationships with certain people and these could be people that are even family members and people that were very near and dear maybe they still are very near and dear to you but it fundamentally shifts who you are not saying that you change into a different person but you're evolved into a higher truer version of yourself and that often rubs people who are the closest to you the most because they know who you are and where you came from. And when you all come from the same place and your lives go in different trajectories, you end up triggering a lot of people because they you are a representation to them of everything that they could be however have not actually owned within themselves they haven't actually done that work or gone on that journey yet and that makes people feel very uncomfortable i'm very fortunate because a lot of people in my life are super supportive of me but that's not to say that there's been people in my life who I have had to either completely dissolve those relationships with or I have had to completely redefine the boundaries and the parameters in which I will engage with those people. How because challenging was that though? Hugely challenging. Because I've been through that myself. I, it's such a relatable story. I mean, you know some of it. I, we've, we've shared, we've swapped stories in the past and, you know, it's, it's such an emotional thing. It's so tolling on your mental health when you're having to put boundaries in. Putting boundaries in place is probably one of the most challenging tasks. Like it doesn't matter what, how good of a leader you are, how amazing of a boss or founder you are. When you have to put boundaries in with people who have never experienced it from you before, um, it's painful for both parties. I mean, what what was that like for you? It's heart-wrenching. And I'm a very empathetic person and I genuinely care about just human beings and especially when someone's 
close to me or I've got a history with someone I really care and feel quite a lot. And there's been a lot of choices that I've had to make. Our, our lives are a series of and compound of choices that we make on a day-to-day -day basis. And I often have to stop and reevaluate and ask myself, are these people that I'm surrounding myself with, are they helping me or are they holding me back? And when you're so on your mission, I get to the point that I'm like nothing and no one is going to get in the way. So either you're with me and you're going to support me or you're not. And it doesn't make it any easier, but reminding myself of why I need to make these certain choices and ultimately where I'm going and wanting and needing for me to surround myself with those right people is absolutely critical. And we've all heard the quote by Jim Rohn that says that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I live and die by that quote. You know what, though? It's it's such a beautiful sentiment. And I, I think back to this and go, there's always a time in every entrepreneur's journey where there aren't even five people. And sometimes you're alone. And sometimes you have to actually be alone and allow that physical space so that you can find your tribe, you can find your people and let go of some stuff that's really holding you down. Um, and it just reminded me that it's okay to start again and build that circle from scratch if if you need to. Absolutely. And there's a concept that really helped define, to answer your question, to define what those relationships look like. And there's a relationship expert by the name of Stacey Martino. And the way that she described this was so profound and is something that has stuck with me. And she effectively described it as in life, you're going to have your left-handed people and you're going to have your right-handed people. And then there's just toxic people. So your left-handed people are your legacy people. They are your friends, maybe your long-standing um, you know, community or network of people who you've known, people that you've gone to school with, family members, they're your left-handed people and they may not be the people that are going to help get you climb up the, the mountain, but maybe they have a different purpose in your life. Maybe there's just something really nice about having that feeling of home or familiarity when you come back and you connect with those people. Maybe they genuinely want the best for you. Maybe they are actually supportive of you, but they're just not going to be the ones to help you get there. And that's okay. And then you have the right-handed people, which are the people that you're going to meet when you are on this journey of becoming the most empowered version of yourself, becoming the most purpose-fueled version of yourself. And they're the people that are actually going to help you climb that mountain. And when she shared that concept and, and also the toxic people, which you just need to cut out of your life because you have no space for that. Yeah. But when she described this concept to me, it was very profound and it really helped me to realize, okay, just because certain family members are not on this crazy journey, it's actually unfair of me to expect that of them. So if I do connect with them over family events or other sort of social events, 
I don't expect them to give me the things that the right-handed people are going to give me. But, but each sign that's not just family, but that's with anyone. Yeah. You know, it's that why do we in human behavior have the expectation that others should behave at the standards that we behave? And once you let that go, there's such ease in your nervous system when you spend time with them, right? It's that acceptance and awareness of exactly as you said, you might not help me on my journey, but you feel like home and you support mm. me in other ways. And I like, I mean, I got shivers down my spine when you were talking about that because it's not an unfamiliar sentiment, but it just brought me so much joy because it uh, stirred up this uh, deep comfort and knowing that I'm on that journey right now and I've established those groups for myself. And I can't even express how much your life changes when you actively are aware of your people and who is surrounding you and why they're there for you and how you can also give back to them in the way that they want and need. Um, but yeah, to, to further your point, I think it's that expectation aspect of letting go of that and you will see such strong development in those relationships. Absolutely. And going back to your other point too, Beck, I think you raised a really important point around there is a lonely period. I think that when yeah. you're going on this journey, there is an inevitability that you are going to have to let certain people go in order to create the space in your life, in your world for these new people to come in. And those new people can just take you to new heights. They can honestly see you for who you are and truly support your mission and your journey and I don't think that we can underestimate the impact of that in yeah. your life as an entrepreneur or someone who's just completely committed to their growth that is everything and for me a, a temporary period of loneliness and to be honest I didn't even really feel lonely because I'm just really good on my own. I've gotten yeah. to such a point in my life where I treat myself with such self-love, self-respect that I actually love my own company. And everyone that comes into my life is just there to enrich it in some way. And but that's it, the work, right? Yeah. That's that's the point. That's how you're meant to feel. That's what you need to get to. And I think a lot of people miss that, that absolute understanding of being alone doesn't make you lonely. In fact, it enriches your life. It allows space and capacity to look after yourself and give back yourself that support and, you know, meet your own needs so that when you do bring others in or you allow your space to be filled with other people it's a bonus like you mm. said it's just extra it's love it's abundance it's joy and allows you to also appreciate it more to hold gratitude for that space for people coming into your time that you value so much I think yeah it's if you don't feel that way the way you know you just described it then that's the work you need to do that's what you focus on yeah and one of the questions that i commonly get asked because i'm one of the best things in my life is the relationships that i have with the people mm -hmm. in it and i've definitely up leveled my inner circle over the years 
And people are really curious about like, how did you find these friends? How did you find these people? And it's literally, you have to do the work yourself because when you do the work yourself, then energetically you start to shift the kinds of people that you attract into your life. Yeah. When you've got like high self-worth and when you are just good within yourself, you start to attract different kinds of people who are on that same level as you, on that same journey as you. And it can happen quite organically and it can also happen quite intentionally as well. And that's the beauty of going on this journey and doing the work because people see the output, right? People see, oh, look at this amazing circle of powerhouse women that you've got around you. And it's like, yeah, but that didn't happen overnight. This has been years in the making and they've all been years in the making. And then it's just this beautiful alignment of people coming into your world at the right time and it happens over the period of years. So it's not that I woke up one morning and suddenly had all these amazing people in my life. It's been, you know, years and years of work. It's it's setting the foundations. It's having that deep connection to yourself and it's being fundamentally in tune with your intuition. And I think that's where that process occurs of, you know, if you're looking for people, if you're working on yourself, you've built the, the foundations for yourself to be the quality version of, of you, Yes, that you attract abundance. Yes, these people appear, but it is your strength in listening to your intuition that allows you to vet people better. Like you then have that ability to make those choices and say, she's or he's good for me. I accept this person in my life or no to you. <laughs> you are Spot not on. Okay. Yeah. Spot on. You attract how you value and feel about yourself and that's why unfortunately the flip side of that is when people do have low self-worth low self-esteem unfortunately they do end up being on the receiving end of either abusive relationships or unhealthy or untoxic relationships because they don't actually fully understand what their self-worth and self-value is and when you do the work then you fully embody and know what your standards are and you know what your worth is and you set firm boundaries that are completely unapologetic because you know how you deserve to be treated. And I have told people, doesn't matter whether it's business or personal, I have told so many people back that I will not be on the receiving end of the way that you are speaking to me. And so therefore, like I am completely taking a step back and completely having a boundary. Like it doesn't matter who you are. I am not going to accept that kind of behavior from anybody in my life. And people end up respecting you more because you make them respect you more because you've got these firm boundaries and this unshakability to you we teach people how to be you know how we want to be treated and i know that's so cliche but it is absolutely fact and you know i i so appreciate that you brought this up because you know i am a perfect example of what it looks like on either side of that spectrum i was in an abusive relationship for three years and the fundamental reason i stayed for three years is because i lacked self-worth 
because I believed that I deserved to be treated that way because I believed that I was not worthy of anything better. And that was the journey I was on. That was an unfortunate time, but an absolutely valuable, necessary lesson that I learned because I look at my life in the last seven months of being out of that relationship completely alone, but uh, consciously and uh, specifically you know, wanting to be alone because that's the conscious time that I chose to look after myself, worked on myself. I now look at where I am now. I know what I bring to the table. My internal boundaries are phenomenal and my circle is absolutely fucking amazing. Like the people <laughs> that I have in my life right now, I have, I literally, I said this to, to my friend last night, we went for dinner and I said, I literally feel like I've never been more myself. I've, I've met my tribe. I've met my family. And it's, it just, the shift in your, even how you look, how you stand, how you function is just absolutely different. And the abundance that you bring when you stand in a place of sorry, to better say it, when you operate from a place of love and not fear and love being self-love, self-worth, self-appreciation, gratitude, abundance, when you operate from that place, success is inevi inevitable. It flows through you in every aspect of your life. And that transformation is revolutionary. And wow. yeah, I'm it's, just so happy you brought it up. Yeah, it's so powerful. And you know, I feel the same way because I went on my own journey as well and I had a lot of insecurities and a lot of doubts growing up and I felt like I never fully fit in anywhere and I felt like I wasn't really worthy or, you know, um, you know, especially when I was younger. You know, I grew up in a school where I was surrounded by, the, by these beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed, supermodel-looking <laughs> girls and I was like the yeah. ugly duckling back. Like I never felt like I fit in anywhere. And because I had that. Because no. you're so beautiful. And I'm looking at you no, now. I I'm like I, mesmerized. But yeah. yeah. I had my awkward phases or years, I let me it. tell you. Yeah. Um, full disclosure, like I did not escape any of that. <laughs> and, you know, it, I think what it actually made me do or what that experience did for me because I didn't have that experience of constantly being told I'm beautiful or any anything like that it made me delve deeper and work a little bit harder in terms of what else do I have on offer if I can't just show up and be told I'm so beautiful and I've already won um what else do I have to draw on and I think that's sometimes a, a little bit of a gift I actually see it as a gift in my life that I wasn't put on a pedestal for my beauty when I was younger because it made me, firstly, a very kind person. People, I think, sometimes get a little bit, I don't know, shocked or disarmed or taken aback by my kindness because they, they're, like, waiting for the penny to drop and be like, oh, she can't be this nice. And I'm like, no, I actually am. And the reason for that is because I was on the receiving end of a lot of bullying when I was younger and I knew what it felt like to not be treated nicely and to be made to feel less than. And because I had that experience, I never wanted anyone else to feel that way. 
And so the way that I go about my life is treating people with so much kindness and so much genuine care because I never want anyone to have that same experience and it's really shaped me to become this person. So I think everything really is designed to be a lesson in our lives. I truly believe all of those experiences that you had, all of those experiences that I've had, we all go on our unique journey. And without having gone through that, we wouldn't be the kinds of women that we are today. And so I get to a place of absolute gratitude for all of it as horrible as it was and let me tell you kids and teenagers can be so cruel and I experienced that and I'm like you know what I'm actually grateful for it all because it made me be me and it also made me work hard on in terms of what else what else can I draw out what other unique talents or abilities do I have and take looks off the table? Who am I at my core being and how can I offer value and create an impact to people around me by just offering my unique gifts or talents to them? And yeah, it's it's a journey and we all have our own, we all have our own version of this. If we choose to look for the lesson, we can all learn so much about ourselves and ultimately become a, a more confident, empowered, authentic version of, of who we are. What's so special about this is it, it, it very much comes back to the core of who you are as a person and how you cope, right? Your coping mechanisms and your resilience in, in its core of, you know, how you are designed, how you were brought up and how, how you function. Because you know, you can have two people that go through the exact same thing that react completely differently on opposite ends of the spectrum. One can fall into victim mentality and say, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And then you have the other side, which is what you are and what you chose to do with your life, which is what am I learning? And, you know, what am I gaining from this experience? And how can I take this and create sunshine? And it's not common. It's really not common. And again, it's a absolute commonality between successful entrepreneurs and successful people, successful humans doing great things in this world. It's that ability to essentially ignore that victim voice, right? That little devil on the shoulder that climbs up and goes, you get to like, you know, sit in your own shit for a little while and you get to feel sorry for yourself and get attention from it. And um, we don't do that. We don't have time for that. Right? No. And, it's, it's, and so it, it's so important what you said because one of the biggest lessons that I learned was shifting my perspective from why is this happening to me yes. to why is this happening for me. That's and it. when I change that language, it's such a subtle change in language, but the meaning of it is completely different. And when you apply that lens to everything that happens in your life, everything changes. And you do approach everything from a place of gratitude and appreciation. Even some of these lessons may be brutal at the time. I remember the exact moment when this happened to me and I remembered 
I had gone through a bit of a transformational period and I had had some things in my life which, which hadn't gone exactly according to plan. And I remember I was back on the job market and I had applied for probably a hundred jobs and I kept wow. getting rejected for every job. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I not getting any jobs? I'm not good enough. Like I was in such a pity party. And I remember that I walked into this one interview and it was for a tech company and I was dressed really well for the interview and I was in like my best Louboutins and I had like a Chanel handbag and I had like presented myself immaculately for this interview and the moment that I uh, had the interviewing manager come and greet me from reception she just took one look at me and she looked up at me and she looked down at me and she gave me this look of oh, uh, yeah, you're not going to get the job here. Yeah, and I was like, uh-oh, yeah. like I'm in trouble. Like this woman does not like me. And the whole interview reflected that, you know, her wow. line of questioning was just like trying to one-up me or it was just like really an unpleasant experience. And I remember walking out of that interview feeling completely deflated and completely made to feel less than and I had almost like a little mini breakdown or like meltdown moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember calling my husband on the phone and I was like, you know, this interview went like horrible and this woman hated me and like, why can I not get a job and like all of these things. And then after I got off the phone to me, I was like, hang on, this is happening to me for a reason. I was pursuing things that weren't actually aligned to me and I really, it just, it was like one of those breakthrough moments that you get of, oh, this is happening for me. And then I put on this lens of curiosity of, okay, what is the universe trying to tell me about these jobs that I've been applying for or the way in which I've been going about this? Like what is the lesson in all of this? And once I realised I was not fully being authentic to who I am and what I was supposed to be doing, thinking that I needed to get a job in a tech company and like all of these things. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. It was the misalignment of your personal values, your personal mission. And like you said, it was an inauthentic representation of yourself. But let's take that sentiment and talk about what it's like to be a leader in an organization and lead from your authentic self versus leading from some kind of bullshit management, um, you know, completely misreading the room, misreading the culture and consistently disappointing the teams around you through that mismanagement. Like it's such an important sentiment you've just established, right? And it so aligns with so many different aspects of running a business mm. or running an organization, as you well know, as you well teach. It, it just, it sparked a light bulb moment for me because how, you know, the, how different things feel when you're in alignment, how different things flow and how different um, success feels and comes to you, arrives to you at your freaking feet when you are completely in tune with what your purpose is, your alignment of your values, and then how you actually showcase that and how you communicate that outwards. Like there's the thing, there's the tipping point. 
Oh, this is so good. I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is everything. Everything changes when you are living completely in alignment with yourself and your highest values. And I recall that shift for me was necessary because what happened, the series of events that unfolded afterwards was I ended up attracting more opportunities, more goodness, more abundance, more quality relationships than I ever, like every facet of my life just fundamentally improved because I was being really true to who I was. But also you notice a bit of a shift when this happens as well. And I'm sure you can relate to this back. But for me, it was like I had to stop trying so hard. Yeah. Because before yeah. I was trying so hard and it just felt like I was going up this impossible mountain and it just the weight of the world was on my shoulders and everything was so heavy and everything was so hard and everything like I was just met with such resistance with everything that I was trying to do and then when I got that I was like oh people are now <laughs> coming to me do you people know what are now literally laying these opportunities in front of me and it's like you have to then get used to receiving that because you're not used to it and it's like oh wow I don't have to try so hard and all this amazing stuff is happening like what <laughs> it's, it's such, I, I'm, I love this conversation so much I, I have the most beautiful visual analogy for you that perfectly describes what you're saying because I had this amazing conversation with um, a good friend of mine, Athena, who I also interviewed on this show. Um, she's part of the sustainability team at MJ Bale. And we connected on this topic, this exact statement you just said. And the way we both visually described it was, imagine when you're in that state of misalignment, right? Like first scenario, you're climbing up a hill and you're pushing a boulder up the mountain, up the hill. And in that space of misalignment, everyone around you is jumping on the boulder trying to push, push you back down the hill and then you have that switch you have that absolute amazing like moment of realization that actually i don't need to do all this work by myself i don't need to be in misalignment i can be myself i can be my authentic self and suddenly everyone that was jumping on the boulder has come down and is next to you and helping you carry it up and you're suddenly doing less work and achieving more. And yes, it's just such an it's, amazing little tie up of what you're oh, trying to say. It's such a beautiful representation. I think that that just really does tie a beautiful yeah. bow on that <laughs> so eloquently. And you're so right. It, it That is exactly what it feels like. And it's, it's such a beautiful place to be operating from and that's really my hope and my wish for everyone and everything that I teach in terms of routines and presence and productivity and energy and all of these things is ultimately all designed to help people get into that flow state yeah where you get to choose what you do you get to choose how you spend your time you get to choose what you want to work on you get to choose what kind of impact you want to make and that is so much more empowering than being at the demise of everyone else and another quote that i love also by jim Rohn is that if you don't 
create your own life plan, then chances are you'll fall into someone else's life plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. <laughs> and so I this is, this. yeah, it's so good. So and this is something that I really embody in everything that I do. It's like I get to be in control of my day. I get to therefore be in control of my life and my destiny. And I'm not going to fall into somebody else's plan because I used to live that life and I would choose this way any day. Yeah. It's the empowered state, right? It's mm -hmm. functioning from that empowered place. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about this. We are at such a different stage of your journey now. You have built this incredible program on top of your podcast, which is just friggin' exploded in itself. Where are you now? What are you working on right now? And what's the next step for you? Yeah, it's really exciting to be at this place because creating a program, I, I recently just launched Boss Routines, as you know, Beck, and um, I really felt like this pull to do something and do a deeper dive in it because the podcast is amazing and I love the conversations that I have with people and I share some of my own personal insights in the solo episodes that I do as well. But if people want real change, then they have to make a real commitment. And that is one thing that I realized was that not only was I doing myself a disservice, but the people in my community a disservice by not offering them the opportunity to make real change in their life. I think that people listen to the podcast and they get really inspired and they take away tactical tools and tips that they can apply in their life and I love that and when I listen to other people's podcasts I get the same but I know that nothing compares to a full immersive experience and that's what my program is and there will be more programs and um, some other things which I'm working on which uh, will come out soon but I realized oh this is the stuff that people are Raving, and this is actually a real need and no one else is teaching in the same way that I am in terms of how to focus your energy and how to create elite level routines and how to actually start treating yourself like you are a world-class performer or an Olympian or someone of that nature and how can you actually take those Olympic world-class tactics and apply it into your life and make it your own and utilize that same mindset, utilize those same philosophies and principles and routines so that you can go off and do all of the, the things that you do. Because for me, I attribute a lot of my success to just how I've been able to focus my energy and my attention and creating elite routines has enabled me to do all of these things and build a course and have the podcast and manage a very intense executive job for a billion dollar group like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and yet I feel more at ease more at flow more joyful more you know time to self-care all of those things than I ever have before so I feel like I'm managing the most and yet like almost working or stressed the least it's like uh, such an incredible place so there's a lot going on in my world and I'm just 
wanting to serve people in the highest way that I can because it had all of these principles that I teach are things that I truly embody and live out myself. And this is what I teach my clients is how can you get to that next level? You may already be a, a good performer. You may already have pretty good practices in your place, but how do we take that from good to elite so that you can get the kinds of elite outcomes that you are seeking in all areas of your life? I mean, it's life-changing and I'm a testament to how incredible you are and how transformative this course is that you've currently created. And I know what, you know, how much bigger it's about to get. And, you know, the only thing I'll sort of touch on was when you spoke about the podcast versus that tangible, actionable, you know, task after, I think that's the point that a lot of people miss. It's like, it's like the theory of manifestation, right? You can sit there on your ass wishing all day. You can write as many manifestations and intentions as you want, but if you don't actually go and walk towards them, run towards them, make shit happen, get off your ass and go do the work, they'll never land at your feet. That's no. not functioning from a place of abundance. That's sitting on your ass, writing on a piece of paper and then complaining when it doesn't happen. So what I love about what you're creating is you're providing this platform for support, inspiration, um, invigoration, a catalyst to the thought, right? To the awareness. But then you actually provide that tangible support and that's going to instill the foundation for people to actually then continuously do that in their lives ongoing. And that's exactly. the big thing. That's exactly right. I think there's such a profound difference between wishing and actually planning and executing. Yeah. And you're right, that's where a lot of people do fall over. And so what I do teach is how do you create systems yeah. in your life so that you become this person. You actually end up changing your whole identity as a result of what you do consistently, not what you do occasionally. And so right. I'm all about creating processes and systems to become that person because you don't just shift your identity overnight. You have to build so much self-trust and you have to become, the way that you build self-trust is by actually following through on the things that you say you're going to do, even when no one else is watching. That's how I've been able to build so much self-trust and self-confidence within myself is because I honour my own word and I do what I'm going to say I'm going to do for myself, not just for other people, but for me. And so even when no one is watching and no one knows if I'm going to, you know, sleep in or miss the gym, I know. And that's what matters. And I think that's the part that people often forget is we're often doing things based on the way that it's going to be perceived for other people rather than doing things that are actually going to truly benefit us and truly shift our identity in terms of who we are. And um, that is what I'm really passionate about is helping people output is great outcome is amazing having the goal is amazing but if you don't have the right systems you're never going to be able to get there and I think that's what you're saying as well like if you don't actually get up and do the work you're not going to get there so manifestation amazing tool I use yeah. it daily, but I don't just rely on that. I That's also right. do the work. <laughs> yeah. I think it comes back to I have this theory of, you know, why 
why are we all so successful? How did we get there? Like, what is the journey about? Like, often this is a question that gets asked so many times amongst these circles. And when you listen to the story, generally speaking, we have similar mindsets where it's like, okay, I'm here right now. I'm at point A of my journey. Point B is success. It's the end result. It's over there. I visualize it. I manifest it. I write about it. I envision it. I create it. The rest is time and work. How you choose to go on that journey, inevitably, (laughs) can't talk, (laughs) is how quickly or how uh, successfully you achieve point B. And it's the people that actually understand that. It's they understand that it is just time and work. Time Mm. is going to go anyway. So if you put in the work, that's your choice. Mm. And that's where I agree. Yeah. There's also a relentlessness to that as well and doing things for the right reasons. Because, you know, I previously was working on another startup and I invested so much time, more money than I'd care to admit into this. And at the end of the day, Beck, I realized I was doing it all for the wrong reasons. And when you're doing it for the wrong reasons, which is often to make money or because it's what other people think you should be doing or whatever the story may be, that is when you don't have the grit and resilience to keep going because things are going to be difficult along the journey. You are going to face heartache. You are going to face rejection. You are going to face obstacles and what is going to get you through those more difficult periods in your life is having such high integrity with what you are doing and why you are doing it and for me it's like everything that I do I know you're the same with everything that you're doing as well and the work that you do it's like it's in your bones it's in your DNA you have no choice but to do this thing you have that and I have that and that (laughs) is the thing that We can't, I think sometimes we get caught up in the the glory of entrepreneurship and wanting to be a founder and wanting to be able to put that in our Instagram bios, (laughs) right? And it's like, but no, it's not actually about that. It's about what is your life's purpose like what What is your your fire like it comes back to the concept of the alignment like if you're not in alignment with your purpose and your values then of course it's going to be shit of course every time you hit a speed bump you're going to complain and be upset and stressed out and your nervous system is not going to handle it but if you're in alignment and the vision is there the purpose is there the mission the why all that juicy stuff all those gorgeous keywords that we love if they're all there that speed bump, you didn't even feel it. Mm. It doesn't matter. It makes no difference because it's not, it's happening to me, it's happening for me. Mm. And you're learning from it and and it's experience. I I literally wrote about this yesterday. It's like failure doesn't exist. Failure is just a catalyst of redirection. And that's, that's the difference. That's the mindset difference that I know that you possess. And I know that's why you are at such a point of influence and empowerment for so many people around you, because you instill in them that understanding and that awareness of it's all mindset, it's all perception, perspective, and then it's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. How do you utilize all this information, put it into systems and processes, have that elite routine so that you're consistently at optimal output, but with minimal, uh, you know, 
exhaustion. <laughs> I have to say it nicely. We're, we're, we're ditching the burnout, really, yeah. because you yeah. and I, uh, burnout is so familiar for right. both of us and we've, you know, both been ill from burnout and I think maybe yours was perhaps to a more severe degree <laughs> than mine, but I had my fair share of it and I had to learn so many hard, brutal lessons mm. of this is not right for you. You need to stop. You need to reevaluate something about the way that you are living your life and operating your day-to-day -day is not serving you. And it's either because you are living out of alignment with yourself and it's the universe. You know, the universe is such a beautiful thing. Whether you want to call it God, universe, whatever word you want to use to describe it, it is such a beautiful thing that it is always designed to look after us. And often when you see people that are doing really well and then they fall off the podium, it's why did that happen to them? And, you know, it, nothing is by chance. Everything is designed to bring us into balance and bring us into equilibrium. And that's why when the scales tip too far in one direction, the universe will do something to humble us. If we become too big for our boots, and if our egos become inflated, the universe will do something to humble us. And that's something that I have learned through this journey as well, is that it's all happening for me and learning to recognize those signs before it's too late. So, you know, if if I'm getting sick, if I'm getting run down, it's my body's way of telling me something's not working here. Either you're out of alignment or you are just not working in a sustainable way or whatever it might be there's always something more to it than just sickness they're just the symptoms there's the cause and then there's the effect i mean this is such a deep conversation you and i can go into such depth of this but you know i think to really beautifully wrap up this entire conversation it just comes back to this sentence of why is this happening for me what am i going to learn today and if we can just instill that in one person that listens to this episode and hopefully changes their mindset and their perception on their journey, um, I feel fulfilled. Because, Lara, you inspire me so much on such on a daily basis you don't even know. But it is because of that mindset. It is because of the energy that you put out that positivity, that love, that kindness, because I know you're functioning from that place of alignment. And it's just so special. And your course is phenomenal and everybody needs to do it. It doesn't matter what level you are at. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Thank you so much, Beck. Thank you for your beautiful words. And honestly, the feeling is so mutual. I am such a big advocate and such a fan of you and such a supporter of you and the work that you do it is so important so needed so purpose-driven and the fact that you now have this podcast and this forum to have these kinds of conversations just brings me so much joy to see you doing this as well and to have this conversation, I love all of our conversations. I love talking to you all the time anyway, but to be able to come on to your podcast and do this has been such a treat for me. So thank you for having me.